What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Christian and Critics Podcast, where we critique movies from a Christian perspective. Today, I am always, as always, I'm joined by Caleb Marks. What's up, everybody? How are you? How's your day going? Today, we're talking Star Wars sequels. We're going to be going through The Force Awakens, The Last Jedi, The Rise of Skywalker, and we're going to be giving our opinions. And we have very different opinions about these movies. So, Caleb, yes. do you want to go ahead and introduce our first movie? Yeah, absolutely. All right, so... Long time ago, in a galaxy far, far away, it had been ten years since the first, or since the last Star Wars movie had been released in theaters. Revenge of the Sith. We had had the Clone Wars, but Star Wars fans were very eager to see another live-action Star Wars movies movie in the cinemas. And along came J.J. Abrams, who gave us. Episode 7, The Force Awakens. So, Jarrett, what are your thoughts on this movie going in? It's been a while since we've seen a Star Wars movie. I'm assuming you saw this in theaters? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Me, me as well. Um, so, what are your thoughts on it? So, this was probably the movie I've been most excited for, like, ever in my life. Like, higher than Avengers Endgame, wow. higher than Infinity War, any, any of those big hyped-up movies. Um, and it was, it was a little bit disappointing from where the excitement level was, uh, but it was also probably uh, the most safest movie they can make during that time. Interesting. Okay. So I actually will agree with you. I will, well, I will agree that I wasn't as um, – I was a little disappointed. I'll be honest. I was a little disappointed. I was really excited to finally see a Star Wars movie in theaters. It was my first Star Wars movie in theaters. I had watched all the movies from um, one through six growing up. I had started watching The Clone Wars. Um, that was big in child my childhood. But, um, yeah, I was really excited to see the direction. I remember seeing the trailers for this. I was so hyped for this movie. And... It was like one of the very first movies I was actually hyped for and I was actually really excited for. But yeah, I, I, I won't say that I was like overly disappointed for it. But all in all, I just really did enjoy finally having a Star Wars movie I could experience in the theaters. Yeah, absolutely. And when I say like I'm disappointed in it, I still rank this movie in like the top six Star Wars movies okay. made. So, like, it's not like it's this bad movie or anything. It's just no. the hype was probably too high to what it should have been. And it did put a lot of, like, it's a Star Wars movie. So it put a lot of expectations on the movie. And I don't think that just all the fan like, I don't think anybody could expect how all the fans would react. You hear about all the showings and all the screenings, how so many fans were coming out of the theater like spoiling it for people and then like how that all the commotion was being stirred up for this movie and how much media and how much press it was getting like it was the movie event of that year and possibly for the last like for that good like five years of movies I mean Avengers Endgame of course and Infinity War like you mentioned like those were very big in the 2000s but this is Star Wars like yeah. people were excited yep. and anytime Star Wars something new with Star Wars comes out you get press bad, good or bad 
but this was just on a whole nother level. Yeah, it kind of reminds you of like when the Phantom Menace came out. I, like everyone was super excited for it. I mean, we weren't really around then, but like if you go back and look at it, it kind of had the same reaction where there was probably way too much excitement than it should have been. Uh, but like for me, I, I think I don't really fault them for this, but I think the movie's a little bit too similar to like A New Hope. I thought they played it really safe along those lines. I could see that. I would say, see, this is the hard thing because. I get what they were trying to do. They wanted something familiar, but something new as well. Mm -hmm. They gave us a lot of new characters. I personally like the introduction of a lot of the other characters that, like, for this trilogy and characters that they continued using. Some just um, ended their storyline in this movie. But while I do agree that it is very similar in terms of, like, story beats to the New Hope it definitely gave us a lot to look forward to. Regardless of how we feel about the next two movies in the trilogy or anything else that came afterwards, I will say that it gave us a lot to look forward to. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It was a good setup movie. Mm -hmm. And I think if my two, like, probably biggest, or my biggest gripe with it was probably still uh, Starkiller base. Mm. Like, I feel like if you take that out, it loses a lot of, like, that New Hope feeling because it's, it's basically just a bigger Death Star. Yeah, to quote Han Solo in the movie, we get it, it's bigger. Yeah. (laughs) It's just like they were trying to do something, again, familiar, but something like bigger and more impressive than the other like Star Wars movie that came before it. It was, I guess, I've heard many people talk about it in this way in terms of Force Awakens was the Star Wars for the new generation. Yep. And I get that. That's the direction they were going. Did it succeed? That's a whole other discussion. <laughs> but, yeah, I, I think that while it could have been a little, took more a few more risks, and we'll get into the other risks because there are plenty of risks taken in yeah. this movie. But, like, these story-wise, I will say it was a little safe, and they could have tried something a little different. Um, I do enjoy the movie, and it is a fun rewatch. Because we know what we're getting, but I will say that it is a bit of a disappointment, and I think that just had to do with a lot of the hype and a lot of the excitement for it going into it. Speaking of something that did live up to the hype, one of my favorite things about the movie is Harrison Ford's performance as Han Solo. Like, going back and rewatching it, I thought that, that was the best part of the movie for me. I... It's so funny to me because I never realized how much I loved Han Solo and his character until I watched Force Awakens. Yeah, exactly. Like, you have it all. The charisma, the humor, the um, perfect timing, either that be comedic or dramatic and just intense and hard moments to watch, including, now spoiler alert, guys, his death. (laughs) It's been out for a while, so hopefully that's not a spoiler. But his death in the movie, it just was such a huge impact. And, like, rewatching previous Star Wars movies, even Solo, I would say, like, you just see that character and you're just like, that's Han Solo. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so you were talking about some of the risk they took in the movie. You want to go over what some of those that you might have thought were there? Yeah. Um, so... So it was. It's a hard thing because they took the risk of throwing you right 
back into a conflict. They didn't explain it. They didn't, like, give much exposition, which at times it is a um, strength of the film because you're kind of just thrown into it and it feels very reminiscent of the original trilogy with there's war in the galaxy or in the universe, I should say. We get it. Like, it's it's Star Wars. Yeah. There's a war happening amongst the stars. <laughs> like, you know, and I will say that instead of trying to immediately build on immediately build on like where the original trilogy left off they it take we have a time jump and so some of our characters we don't know where all our favorites are we're thrown in with these new characters and i will say a strength to the movie is that we get to see the movie and the events that play out through the characters eyes these new characters and as they experience the galaxy for the first time as well so I will say that is, I do like that aspect. I will say, however, that a lot of the setup and a lot of the chances they took with the setup, hoping that it would pay off in later movies, they didn't have a plan, obviously, going in. So yeah. it didn't turn out well. It wasn't great. So it took some chances. Some worked like Han Solo's death. Like, that That was amazing. It was so sad. I remember almost crying in theaters. Like, I was like, no. But that's, like, one of the things that worked. And then some things that didn't work would be, like, some, I think, would be some of the story beats and the setup for later movies, which we'll get into later. Yeah, I, th- I think, like you said, one of the flaws with The Force Awakens is, like, how they don't really explain too much. Mm-hmm. Like, the first word just kind of comes out of nowhere. and. Some of that's not really their fault. Like, you really couldn't make a movie with the old characters because of how much time has passed that's in fair. the real world. And maybe now the technology's gotten a little bit better with, like, the CGI phases. But at that point, it definitely wasn't there for a whole movie. So. Right. And you see them trying to play some catch-up with, with connecting the Return of the Jedi to The Force Awakens with Mandalorian. Yeah. Like that and like resistant the show Resistance, which yeah, don't watch that, but like, you know, <laughs> it's just like you see the effort now going into it. I just wish personally, I wish there was a little bit more effort to explain it then because now we understand certain things, but back then we still had so many questions. Well, it's almost like they say made the same mistake with the sequel trilogy that they did with the prequels and mm-hmm. the fact that like if you go back, like, everyone loves the prequels pretty much now. And I think a huge part of that is the Clone Wars TV show that they added to fill in the gaps. And now that we're finally getting, filling in the gaps with, like, Mandalorian and stuff, I feel like that's just going to create more appreciation for, like, The Force Awakens specifically. That's true, because if you ask anybody nowadays, some people absolutely adore the prequels. Yeah. And that's largely because of all the content that came out with shows like The Clone Wars and The Bad Batch, which is, and Rebels that are starting to come out. And all those connective, like, shows that are piecing things together and helping develop the characters in the movies, which I think is a great idea. But for a movie, I would prefer them try to do that a little bit more in that. Because not everybody's watching the TV shows. Yeah, exactly. And... For me, I think one of the other, like, I don't want to say controversial parts, 
because there really wasn't a wrong direction to go with this, at least in this movie particularly. Mm-hmm. But Finn choosing Finn or Rey as like the Jedi of the sequel trilogy. Oh yes. What what's your kind of just looking at it from the Force Awakens of the line? Because we'll get we'll get into it later on with like Rise of Skywalker and stuff. It's kind of like a retrospective look on the sequel trilogy. Yeah. But for this movie alone, who should have been the main Jedi? Okay, so for this movie alone, I was really excited to see what they would do for Finn. And the trailers and stuff, all the trailers started, well, except for I think the final trailer, I think, started with Rey. But all the other trailers and all the other promotional stuff, they were really promoting Finn to be, like, the main Jedi. And I thought it was really interesting how a stormtrooper was Force-sensitive and how they were going to develop that more. Like, how his connection to the Force, to the light side, and then his struggle with the dark side would, like, how those events would play out, especially with coming in contact with Kylo Ren and the First Order. Like, or even Snoke, for that matter. Like, I was really looking forward to that. I was a little caught off guard when they, when he's more of a, I wouldn't say he's not a main character, but he's a supporting main character. The main character is obviously Rey. Yeah, I mean, Finn, hands down, at least in my opinion, I think I speak for most Star Wars fans in general when I say this, Finn had the best character arc in that movie. Yeah. Maybe one of the better character arcs in Star Wars. And that's taken it a little bit further, but just like the whole idea of a stormtrooper turned good guy and potentially even Jedi. Yeah. Because even at the end of the movie, it's not like fully guaranteed that he's not one. Um, Yeah. He's so, also in a coma by the end of the movie. Yeah. Uh, so it, it's it's not necessarily a wasted character arc because they did deliver on it in that movie. Mm-hmm. But it is a little bit disappointing that they didn't take it a step further. Yeah. And I think they should have played, and like you said, I think they should have played into it a little bit more. And I think it would have been interesting to see, I, while I do appreciate what they do with Rey in the movie and how she is handled. I wish it was more of a two Force-sensitive people learning about the galaxy for the first time and learning that they both have a connection to each other because they are both either descendants of Jedi or they just have that connection to the Force together and they explore it together. I feel like Rey kind of is elevated and pushed along on her own, her own journey while Finn is kind of stuck in the background with Han Solo trying to rescue her all the time. Yeah, and, like, Rey is a... I like how they handled Rey, mm-hmm. but it did feel a little bit too similar to Luke Skywalker for me. The Jedi who doesn't know they're Force-sensitive mm-hmm. yet, beginning in the desert, no parents, gets rescued by someone, meets a old, wiser character who lived through the last war, Dies. Dies. <laughs> Realizes they're Force-sensitive at the perfect time to save the galaxy. It's true. Like, it's not bad. It's just we've seen it before. It's true. And I think that is one of the things that we can complain about a little bit, being too safe. And I think yeah. it would have benefited if they did have Finn join her in this expedition in terms of exploring more about the Force and exploring more about the dark side specifically together. I think that would have been an interesting twist, especially if especially if they had taken that in a 
children of Solo extended universe kind of expanded universe kind of like direction with the two children at odds against each other. Yeah, that, that would have been cool. Um, so we're we're pretty far in already, and we're we've got very different opinions about the next two movies. Mm-hmm. So I think we're gonna wrap up the Force Awakens here. Sounds like we're gonna take idea. a short little break, and we'll be back with the Last Jedi. Stay tuned. Welcome back to the Christian Critics Podcast. We're talking about the Star Wars sequels today. We already covered The Force Awakens, and now we're moving on to probably the most controversial one as far as Star Wars fans go, and that's The Last Jedi. Oh, boy. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Caleb, do you want to go ahead and give your, like, base opinion about The Last Jedi? Oh, boy. Okay, so here's the thing. I'm not one to hate on or necessarily... I, I'm so okay I'll put it this way I really enjoy enjoying movies I'll put it that way mm-hmm. I don't like coming out of a movie and feeling disappointed the first time I watched The Last Jedi I came out of the theater thinking this is one of the coolest Star Wars movies ever after rewatching it a second time I feel like there were so many things that I missed and so many things that I just could not get on board with the second time watching that I had missed the first time. And it was interesting because I was such on, on such a high with The Force Awakens, even though it wasn't the most amazing movie ever, and Rogue One, which was phenomenal. I was just, I think, really excited for The Last Jedi, and I went in feeling like I'm going to love this movie no matter what. And that's how I go into the majority of movies. But upon rewatching this movie, I have a lot of issues with this. And I'm not the biggest fan of this movie. I respect... Uh, it's Ryan Johnson, I think, who yeah. directed it. I respect the direction they were going. I respect like the different themes and different arcs they were trying to accomplish in the movie I think the movie takes on too much to a fault Okay. there's too much going on for me, there are so many storylines it feels all meshed together and some of the storylines I don't like and I don't think have a point in the movie and I think could have been taken on a way different direction and while the marketing was saying, like, this isn't the Star Wars movie you're going to expect or going to want. Yeah. But it's the Star Wars movie regardless. So it happened. I don't, I'm not one of those fans who is like, oh, my gosh, this is like, the, I don't even consider this canon, you know? Like, some people get really all emotional and disgusted with this movie. I'm not one of those people. I will say, though, just how frustrated I am with how it ended up turning out, like, the final cut and just all the choices they make, I think I actually like rank this movie last of all the live action movies, which is really hard for me to do because I really love all the Star Wars movies. But I'll really quick give you some opinions on like, or give you some thoughts of what I really did like, the cinematography. 
that was gorgeous. Oh, fantastic. That was gorgeous. Like, it was one, it's one of the best looking Star Wars movies. I already explained to me this way once. It was a really solid movie. It wasn't a good Star Wars movie. Okay. And that's how I look at the movie. Okay. Um, for me, I, I was kind of the opposite. I got out of the theaters, like, not really enjoying the movie. Like, it wasn't bad, but, it, like, it had the—I didn't have as high expectations as I did Force Awakens. Okay. But it was kind of getting hyped up as this Empire Strikes Back of the sequel trilogy. Yeah. So it didn't really hit that for me in theaters. And it didn't hit it for me after I rewatched it on, like, Netflix or Disney+, Plus, whatever it was on at the time. Um, but I did enjoy the movie overall better. In my opinion, it is the best Star Wars, movie, like, looking movie, like, cinematography-wise. Mm-hmm. Um, and for me, I'm always a sucker for that type of stuff. Like, sure. it, if the movie looks great, I can find a way to enjoy it, even if the plot's not as good as it could be. And to your point, there is some bad storylines in the movie. However, I do think I enjoy it a lot more than the typical Star Wars fan. I'd probably put it seventh in the list. Like I'd probably put it very close to Force Awakens or uh, The Return of the Jedi. But not as high as Force Awakens. Yeah, it's after, but it's it's in the ballpark. Like It's not like okay. a huge drop-off between the two. Um, so I guess the first plot line we could talk about is Luke Skywalker and Rey, which is probably the most controversial one. Yeah. Um, specifically what they did with Luke Skywalker. What are your thoughts on Luke Skywalker? I think they handled him pretty well, to be honest. Like, I don't... I think, especially looking back on it from, like, present day, mm-hmm. the show, like, The Mandalorian is when you should see, like, the dominant Luke Skywalker that everyone was hoping for in The Last Jedi. Like, everyone wanted this character without any flaws without any character growth at all. Like, everyone expected him just to be this legend to just go in and destroy the First Order. I mean, I personally didn't expect that, but I know a lot of people who did. And that wouldn't have worked in the movie because then you're just over... You got this giant shadow of Luke Skywalker cast over your new characters Mm -hmm. if you make him too powerful. Especially the tease at the end. I know that had a lot of people really annoyed with the end of uh, Force Awakens. I mean, like, you know, they were so looking forward to seeing Luke Skywalker kick butt in this movie. Which is understandable, but at the same time, like, a lot of people blame Ryan Johnson for it. Mm. But if anything, J.J. Abrams is a little bit at fault for that, too. He completely wrote Luke out of The Force Awakens, and if Luke didn't come back for a second Death Star to stop it, there's got to be something going on to explain that. I will agree with you on that. That's a good point because he kind of just put Luke to be this character that everyone was like, oh, my gosh, it's Luke Skywalker. We got to find Luke Skywalker. He is the answer to all of this. Yeah. And he wrote him as the end goal, like end game plan for the resistance. And I do understand how people don't like that because it ended up that Ryan Johnson just played it off as a joke with the handing of the lightsaber. Yeah. <laughs> Which in full honesty, I was I was absolutely shocked. Yeah, I was too. I was, my mouth was wide open in the theaters. I didn't expect it at all. But I don't think I hated the direction. I think I think I did enjoy it, 
his performance, of course, like Mark Hamill did an amazing job. Yeah. Amazing job with what he was given. I personally didn't like some of the decisions in portraying him. Um, blue milk ring any bells? <laughs> but yeah, not not my favorite scene, but <laughs> you know, it was at the end of the day, it was still Luke Skywalker. Yeah, I don't hate what they did with him. Could have been a little bit better. Yes, could he have? Could you have? Being that we hadn't seen him at at least like twelve to like fourteen years in a movie, except for, like, they'll tease at the end of Force Awakens. We could have done some better character development with him, but the role he played in the story, especially with Kylo Ren, which Kylo Ren in the movie is just a positive and overall phenomenal part of this movie. How Luke Skywalker plays into that storyline and that backstory with Kylo Ren or Ben Solo, like... I do appreciate it. I do okay. enjoy it because it shows that Luke Skywalker is a Skywalker. Yeah. And it shows his father. And I think that really holds a lot of weight. And I'm glad it was actually like considered and shown in the movie. Well, I know like a lot of people hate the Luke Skywalker, Kylo Ren uh, backstory. Yeah. Which like, is controversial. I've never really had an issue with it. Like, we're talking about the same Luke Skywalker that almost killed his father before realizing. Almost beat him to death. Yeah. Like, it, it's not, it's kind of the same. They mirror each other, like, mm-hmm. the, the two scenes. Um, so, like, I know a lot of people that had a major issue with that, but I, I had no issue with it at all. No. Um, so, what do you think of Ray along with Luke in the plot? So again, we talked in Force Awakens when we were talking about Force Awakens, how I wish Finn hadn't been sidelined for this movie, and I wish she and Finn were together in this. But where the story had already been set up, and where she was at the end, at the beginning and end of this movie, I was very ha- happy with. I did enjoy the character progression. I enjoyed the training scenes. Anytime Luke was giving her crap and just like, like messing with her with the the leaf, leaf scene, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like I can feel it or whatever, and he's like, "Oh yeah, you must be so strong." <laughs> it's like yeah, the humor and the way she was like played, it, like how Daisy Ridley played her for those scenes and her interactions with Luke. With Luke, I really did enjoy it, and it was one of the it's one of the highlights of the movie for me. Yeah, absolutely. Um, bringing us to the plot that I think we'll both agree on is bad. Like, probably the worst Star Wars is the Finn and Rose plot. Do we have to? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, I will say, again, the set design for this movie is amazing. And oh, yeah. The Canto Bite scene was very well done. The issue I think is is that it didn't feel as uh, like it, it felt kind of just thrown in there and I, it didn't feel like it worked with the rest of the movie. No. I feel like 
it slowed down to a halt. The movie, I mean. Like, it slowed down to a halt, and we are just walking around a casino planet with Finn and Rose, who's trying to find this, like, code breaker, who in the end, like, it, it wasn't a big part and was kind of pointless. Yeah. And so he questioned, like, why they even why they even came up with that plan and if there was a better way of handling it. I think that, um, I think it's Benedict Del Toro. Yeah, yeah. I think his character was really cool, and I think he was really well acted. But at the end of the day, except for a few jokes here and there, I don't, I didn't find it really enjoyable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like the Finn and Rose plot, like it. I, I don't know if appreciate is the right word, but. I can acknowledge the kind of message they were going for, like the gray area of the war, mm-hmm. where you have like all these people who sell weapons to both sides, and like that's the war is kind of being used for other people's benefits, or it's not all like one side's not all good and one side's not all bad. That's true. But the fact still remains: you could completely cut out that part of the movie, and it would not change a thing. And honestly. I on rewatches when I have to rewatch this movie when I'm going through this series. I kind of do just skim through this because you see it once, you've seen it, and like I know what they were trying to do with, as you mentioned, like the gray area of the war and those who profited off of it, and seeing all the kids and the slaves and the how slavery was still a thing in Star Wars, like. Mm-hmm just reflecting to how big of a deal it was in Phantom Menace and Attack of the Clones and then coming back to it and saying, hey, this is still around. Like, the New Republic didn't do anything to eradicate that. And the, um, what were they, like horse donkey kind of things or whatever? Space horses? (laughs) Yeah, space horses. Space horses. (laughs) Space alpacas or whatever. (laughs) Like, I get what they were trying to do. I just can't get on board with it 100% and it hurts because it's <laughs> such a frustrating piece in this movie yeah for me at least but and then like there's the whole idea of, like Finn being shocked by like the stuff that's going on and but I'm, yet he was literally taken as yeah. a child to be in the first order did like, you forget that you were a stormtrooper yeah <laughs> like do you remember all the tort like probably not like just all the situations you were put in and all the hard training you were under with Phasma, which we haven't even talked about her. But then again, there's no really no need. <laughs> it's the Boba Fett of this trilogy. <laughs> yes. Just not as cool. Okay? Just not as cool and not – and still Boba Fett had way more character development than her. But regardless, <laughs> Finn had undergone all this these trials and he's like, oh, my gosh, there's slavery? What? <laughs> yeah. It's just like – I, I, like, okay, if Rose had had that reaction instead of Finn. It would have made more sense. <laughs> yeah, like she was a naive girl just trying to fight in the war, and Finn opens her eyes to this. Like, that's even a better storyline in itself. Yeah. I think it was just handled poorly. Yeah, I, I agree. I completely agree. Um, so then we got the Ray and Kylo plot of them, like, mm space FaceTiming each other or force FaceTiming each other. <laughs> Phase, space Zoom. Space. 
Um, Even Star Wars got hit with the pandemic. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I I think that I like that part of the movie. I mean, it was a little confusing on first watch, but I think it does add a good bit to the movie. Yeah, no, I have no issues with this. I know a lot of people make fun of it and meme it. But Ben Swallow. I know that. Oh my gosh, that that in itself was an interesting decision. But no, I thought just again, Kylo Ren was is he is the standout in this trilogy. Yeah, by far. I love his character development, his storyline, his arc. I love it all. I think it did get played and used for a little bit too much comedy here and there. Yeah. Um, because he did just kill Han Solo. I wish there was a little bit more conflict with him trying to talk with Rey. And, like, the issue I think I have the most with this scene, even though it's not big that big of an issue, is that they told us instead of showing us that he was conflicted. And those yeah. scenes... And, and those scenes specifically. And those okay. scenes specifically, because this is the big moment where both of our, the hero and the villain, are having a face-to-face discussion on how on who they are and why they are the way they are. I think they could have delved into that a little bit more. I know, okay, the scene with Kylo Ren and his mother when he's about to shoot his mother, that was amazing. I, my stomach dropped I was like no <laughs> I I can't believe this is happening but like with those the, with the other scenes I felt like he was used a little bit more comedically than he could have been after coming from such a serious character in Force Awakens I can see that um, but at the same time I feel like they had to make it believable that there is a chance he could turn Right, and I do see that. I do get where you and other people come from when they say that, make that point, because you want the audience to sympathize and enjoy that character to, so that you can keep them around yeah. and have that draw and appeal. Um, not sure there was, I, I don't know where the draw was with the Ben Swallow, Swallow thing, <laughs> but, you know, it's still, it, it was still done okay i was okay with it yeah like like you said it would have been cool to have some like moments of him showing his struggle Mm -hmm. during those scenes but for me personally like it's something i don't really like notice watching the movie because there's enough of it outside of it Mm -hmm. for me to not be like oh this was sudden so like i I definitely would definitely be nice to have that but at the same time it's not like a necessity for me right and i think you know i i totally um, like admit that I can fall into the camp of people who kind of w- fantasize and wish and think about what could have been with this movie. Okay. And there's a lot of things that I could see being so cool and so well done if they had gone that direction. Which goes into our next <laughs> topic. Um, but I thought it was fine. It was fine. I don't really have a problem with that as much. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of cool things, I don't know your standpoint on this, but the Holdo maneuver was pretty cool. <laughs> and your face tells me you think otherwise. 
Okay. Here, here's the thing. Here's the thing. The Holdo maneuver itself was cool. <laughs> that was a breathtaking... Again, this is one of the most beautiful Star Wars movies ever made, if not the best-looking Star Wars movie made. Like... It took everybody's breath away. Like, there was just silence in the theater for Yeah. But one thing I wasn't the biggest fan of with this whole Holdo thing was Leia gets sidelined, and so you don't have Leia much in the movie. She's kind of a coma. And while I do understand why they had her go in a coma and they kind of needed her in a coma... Because she just got blown up in space. <laughs> like, I get it. But I really, really struggle with what is arguably the main plot point in this movie with Poe and Admiral Holdo. Yeah. I don't like Holdo. I love the act, the actress. I think Laura Dern is her name. I think so. I think that's her name. Apologies if that's not correct, but... I think that is her name, and she did very well with the acting. I didn't like how the character was written. I disliked her from the very beginning. Obviously, we were supposed to not like her too much and then fall in love with her or be like, wow, she's so cool. She self-sacrificed herself. Yeah. She didn't need to self-sacrifice herself. I get it, but I don't. She, I, okay, here's the thing. I get that Poe shouldn't need to know everything and that he is of lower, like, rank, and she is an admiral. In real life, if someone, one of your pilots just goes up to you and just like, yo, you're not good planner. I'm <laughs> questioning all your leadership. What the heck are you doing? Like, I get it. She didn't have to tell him anything, and I totally understand that. The thing is, is that she came off so just unlikable, and then it you, they do the twist, which I knew is it was coming in the movie theater. I even was confused by this because, like, I was like, "Oh, they're just gonna play it off like, aha, this was my brilliant plan the entire time." I, no, it the plan didn't start happening until Leia actually like awoke. Yeah. And I just. Again, I don't like Admiral Holdo. I don't like her character. I don't like what they did with her. If they had developed her a little bit more and given you some reason why you should be on board rather than, oh, she has a secret plan, not really a secret plan, but secret plan that our character's made unaware of. Like, there's so many other things they could have done. So I've gotten some interesting responses to this question over the years. Mm -hmm. And shout out to the YouTube channel, How It Should Have Ended, for the whole idea of the question. You might know where I'm going with this. Dude, I was Um, literally about to go there as well. Would, if it was written the same, Mm -hmm. would you like the plot if it was Akbar instead of Hodo? Again, I, okay, so to answer your question, probably a little bit more. I would enjoy it a little bit more. Again, I don't think it was written. This plot was written the best, and I think it could have been handled way differently. In terms of where 
how the character ends up in the command chair about to light speed ram <laughs> the giant star destroyer. But if we have to go alone on it being Akbar, rather this random violet colored hair colored woman who <laughs> just comes out of nowhere, no setup in the previous movie, nothing, nothing. She just comes out of the background. She's like, oh, yes, I'm in charge now. And then it's just like, you should care. It felt so forced. And if it had been Akbar, I feel like I would have loved it even more. Yeah, I feel like if it was Akbar, there would have been the added element of, oh, look, it's a character we know, a character we feel like we can trust. And a character that when they die, we feel something. Yeah. With When Holdo died, I was like, bye. <laughs> <laughs> Won't miss you, but hey, that move was pretty good. Like, that was pretty sweet. It's just, I don't know. I, you know, I honestly wouldn't, I mean, obviously this is just speculation, mm-hmm. but I honestly wouldn't be surprised if the original, like, idea was for it to be a character like Akbar. Because one of the big criticisms of The Force Awakens was the amount of nostalgia they tried to put in. And then, like, okay. someone someone at Disney was like, oh, we can't, ha- people are complaining about this. And I see that. But I think it's a balance. Yeah. Like, there was so much new stuff in The Last Jedi. I get they were also, like, they have the AT-AT walkers or the AT-ATs, and they had the big, like, let's take down the AT-AT scene and the similar scenes to The Return of the Jedi. Like, I get all that. Some of it is just like, yeah, it could have been a little differently, but I get why that where they were going for the nostalgia purposes. I personally would not have had a problem if it had been Akbar. Yeah, no, I wouldn't have either. Um, and then f- probably the final point of The Last Jedi we wanted to discuss was uh, Snoke. Oh, yes. The the big plot twist moment, I guess, of the movie. Thoughts? <laughs> okay, so here's the thing. I loved that Kylo Ren executed Snoke without hesitation. I love the buildup. I love the intensity of that moment. And I even love it when Snoke, when you first see Snoke in the movie, aside from throwing Hux around. Hux is a whole nother discussion. Uh, <laughs> I feel like we could do a whole podcast on Hux and his character. Yeah. But with just him shooting the lightning out of his hand and then having all these artifacts from over the years and over the from the comics and different books from the like original like extended universe stuff and materials like there was so much build up to the character and i think the thing that um the last jedi struggles with the most with this specific character and with other similar character beats and story beats is that they're trying to subvert expectations, and they try too hard at sometimes, I think. Okay. They did it with Luke. They did it with Holdo. They did it with Finn and Rey actually succeeding in their plan. 
they did it with Luke Skywalker later in the final battle, not actually being there. They try to pull they try to pull one over on the audience so many times. It feels like at the end of the movie, you're just like, is this actually happening or what's happening exactly? <laughs> and it just c- gets confusing and overcomplicated. And like I said, there's a lot going on. And you're trying to keep track of where everybody is and keep bouncing back and forth. With Snoke, I feel like this is actually a character where they should have spent more time with him. And I get that that was one of the main expectation subversions of him dying and then not being a big deal. Snoke's dead. Yeah. Move on. Kylo Ren's the main guy. I get that they go into Snoke's backstory a little bit more in both the next movie and the comics, which I do appreciate. But just give us a little bit more to latch on to. Just get a little, get us a little bit more invested instead of leaving us with the same questions we had at the end of Force Awakens. Give us a little bit more. Give us a little bit more of a taste. We saw the lightning. That's cool. Like, we only <laughs> see one person to do that, or I guess two people to do that. And so we're like, oh, who is this character? Like, I, I'm okay if they don't fully explain who he is, but give us a little bit more. It felt rushed. Yeah. It did, it did feel rushed. And I like that he died. I think that was hilarious and a great scene in the movie and the fight scene that continues after it. It was phenomenal. Oh, I love that scene. But <laughs> no, I, I, this is one another thing that was just really frustrating and I couldn't get 100% on board with. I mean, I had zero issues with the killing of Snoke in the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I guess the way I look at it, he had the same amount of character development as the Emperor pretty much in the original trilogy. He just didn't end up being the one... Uh, the big bad at the end, I guess. Mm-hmm. is like, literally the only difference between him and the Emperor. Yeah. I mean, obviously, Palpatine gets fleshed out throughout the rest of Star Wars. See, so the same can't be said for Snoke. But, like, if you watch the original trilogy, and then you watch the sequel trilogy with, like, no outside context between just those three movies alone, they pretty much had the same plot, like, with, the, with Snoke and Palpatine. Yeah. And if they had done a little bit more to distinguish the character... And get us a little bit more interested instead of being like, oh, here's the new big bad of the series that you don't know anything about. Joke's on you. He's actually dead now. I mean, I, I'd i rather have them go that direction than have him stay the big bad. Like, I'd rather have Kylo be the, not necessarily the big bad, but the, like the antagonist. Sure. The main atag- antagonist. Yeah, and like I said. Going forward than Snoke. So, like, I mean, I get the want for more backstory, mm-hmm. but at the same time, I don't think it's necessarily needed. Like, I, I feel like it works just fine without it overall. Sure. And I I get that. Um, yeah, it's fine. It's uh, it, I do agree with that point, but it's fine. All right, so we're going to take our final break, and we're going to come back with The Rise of Skywalker, my least favorite Star Wars movie of oh, all time. my gosh. <laughs> all right, stay tuned for that. Stay tuned for that, and we'll see you guys on the other side of the break. Welcome back, guys, to The Christian Critic. I am here with Jarrett, and today we are again talking about the Star Wars sequel trilogy. We have just made our way through The Force Awakens and The Last Jedi. Force Awakens, 
think we both agreed was a good movie. Yep. Good movie. Could have been better. Had a lot to look it had a lot or I should say gave it a lot to give to look forward to. Last Jedi, I think we were a little bit indifferent about it. I felt indif- very indifferent about it and wasn't really the biggest fan of it. You like it. You think it's fine. And now we come to maybe not the most controversial movie in the trilogy, but definitely the one that gets the most, I should say, nice. not the nicest thing said about it. <laughs> I think, a, there's I, a lot of people who don't like this movie. What were you gonna say? Yeah, I think I think this is also the one where we probably have the most different opinions on because you have this what ranked in the top five. Oh, we'll get to that. But and then I, I have it as last. You have it last, <laughs> yeah. So I really want to start you with there because you have it last place. What did this movie do to you? <laughs> what did it? What? Who in the movie or what hurt you so much? For you to rank it the last place amongst the movies, including Last Jedi, Attack of the Clones, Phantom Menace, like why oh, is this below all of those? Just to be clear, when I say it's last, I'm not including the Star Wars, the Clone Wars animated movie. Okay, that would just be insulting to the rest. Well, of course, of course, <laughs> and that makes sense. Um, it's not necessarily that this movie is the worst made Star Wars movie of all time because I think it looks good. I think there's good acting, much better. I mean, it's still Star Wars writing, so it's a little little weak overall. Sure. But it's better than I don't like sand from the prequels. <laughs> <laughs> um, <clears throat> no lines like that. Yeah, not at all. <clears throat> but I, I, what The Rise of Skywalker does that none of the other – not as great Star Wars movies does, is it makes the rest of the series obsolete. And it completely ruins the whole plot of the first six movies with how they bring back Palpatine. Interesting. Okay. Oh, is that it? Yeah, I mean, that's... I mean, I'll go into more, but I want to hear your... Okay. ...a little bit to begin. So, this is my third favorite Star Wars movie. (laughs) Quite a difference. <laughs> <laughs> just seeing that contrast, like just contrast of opinion, contrast of opinions. I adore this movie. Okay, so the, here's the thing. I think there's something that we need to get out of the way. First and foremost, the elephant in the room. A Palpatine's return, you're either on board with it or you're not. Yeah. <laughs> That's how you did. That's how it. That's what determines if you actually enjoy this movie or not. Yeah. I will say that I was on board with it ever since the first trailer dropped. I would like to really quick stop there because we're going into Palpatine more. Where it, did you like when the first trailer dropped that Palpatine was returning? Did you like before um, you saw the movie? Did you like the idea of him returning? I. It was one of those like all snap movie like moments in the trailer and like I was intrigued okay but it wasn't I don't I don't know if I was necessarily excited like I wanted to see in what way he was going to be included first I guess was how I looked sure. at it after the trailer so I that is one of the craziest trailer reactions I've ever had I will say and I was so excited <laughs> 
So here's the thing. I personally do not mind that Palpatine returns. In the books and in all the non no longer canon material, cloning plays a big part into everything, and Palpatine returns one way or the other. While I while I think that yes, it could have been explained more and it didn't have to use a Fortnite oh. crossover. All it does when bringing Palpatine back is the opening crawl. Palpatine returned. <laughs> That's yeah. all it says. The dead speak. <laughs> like I think that that really determines if you like this movie or not. And I got chills reading the crawl and like, oh my gosh, what are they gonna do next? Like Ben Solo is looking and hunting down Palpatine. What is going to happen? Like, I get it. There's no buildup. <laughs> Again, another gripe with The Last Jedi after seeing this movie is that it could have set up this movie better. Yeah. Instead of the final scene being some random kid with a broom. Show, <laughs> give a laugh. Give a look into that planet of a dark figure giving an order or saying it's time or something like that, you know, just give us like it, that again. I feel like we're going back to the last Jedi. I think that after seeing this movie, they could have handled it so much better. But again, they didn't have a plan. I mean, I don't, yeah, I don't want to, I don't want to go back too much back into the last Jedi. Sure. But when they made that, the whole plot of the third movie was completely different. That's true. So it's not really their fault. And they went through many different drafts. Yeah. So it wasn't their fault. I just wish it ended up being a little something different. Yeah. Okay. So and with Palpatine, of course, we talk about his death and eventually him being like the force being brought back to balance. By some people say it was just Ray, but I do like the idea that Ben did after he was redeemed he did come back and being of the Skywalker lineage that he did play a big part in that and I do think that while yes we get it like Ray isn't a Skywalker <laughs> she's having an identity crisis I think it was more symbolism and a passing of the baton in a way because if you think about it the lineage of Skywalker ended with Ben yeah I, I do like that part mm-hmm. um, I, I just I, I, it's impossible for me to get over the whole idea of just Anakin not being the one to bring balance to the force okay um so that brings us to uh, Ray Skywalker. It's just name in general. Like I, I didn't like the idea of giving her either like the Palpatine or Skywalker name at all. Oh, so you weren't even on board for the Palpatine? No, I, I liked the idea of her being a nobody. Oh, see again, that was something I didn't. That was another expectation to, subversion that I did not like in the Last Jedi. I think it fit. Like, I, I think it's better than the idea of like. Oh, you have to be of this certain bloodline to be totally. this powerful Jedi. So, 
that that's I didn't like it nearly as much. Okay. Um, <coughs> so with that, you were not on board for the final scene with her saying Ray Skywalker. No, not at all. Okay, just clarifying. So along with Ray, we have to of course talk about her. Um, in some people's opinion, better half, uh, Finn. Everybody's still wondering, what was he going to tell Ray? <laughs> <laughs> well, the, the Lego holiday special answers that. I know. And so, like, <laughs> Lego canon question mark? <laughs> but I, for me, it was obvious that he did want to, like, at first it was kind of like, him, everybody was like, oh, my gosh, he just wants to express his feelings for her. And in the end, with the final bow and him sensing which ship had the beacon on it and for all the other ships and him, there's being so many hints to him being force sensitive. I do, I was okay with him being utilized in that regard. I did like it that he got way more screen time and a better storyline in this movie. I didn't think he had a better storyline in the movie. Okay. I think after The Force Awakens, he was just wasted overall. Okay. Because, like, they never really followed up on the idea of him being a stormtrooper. Like, yeah, there was the one scene with the girl. It was like, you're ex-stormtroopers, too. Mm-hmm. But I feel like there were so many better directions they could have gone with it. Oh, totally. No, like, I totally agree that starting at the beginning of the trilogy with Force Awakens, Finn should have been, if not a co-Jedi with Rey, he should have been the Jedi. Yeah, absolutely. Just because of the amount of depth and character development they could have gone, like the direction they could have taken Finn's character. Um, what we have, though, and just judging it on by itself with a movie, I am a big fan of him and the overall team aspect of that movie. We finally get to see all the main new, main new characters together, and they have great chemistry. They have a great, like, storyline. They have, yes, it does feel like a fetch quest, and it does feel like a video game. But I was on board with it. I enjoyed it. If they could have cut out a few locations to go on their fetch quest, yeah. they could have just had, okay, this is where we need to go. This is where we're going. If they could have gone straight there, that would have been better and we could have gotten more development on certain characters. But what we got with C-3PO and the desert confrontation on, uh, I think it's Pasana or something like that, with Rey and Kylo Ren, I think that while it could have been cut out and trimmed better and a little bit better of a um, editing, I guess, or storyline, I think that it worked. It worked for me. Yeah, so. and then, like, the the other, the last, like, complaint I guess I had of the movie was all the death fake outs as well. Oh, yes. You want to Yeah, you go got, like, you got down. Chewie, mm-hmm. uh, C-3PO, uh, Ben, and then Ray. Yeah. It's just too much. <laughs> I agree that, okay, so here's what I'll say. <laughs> Chewie's fake out death had me for a second. For a brief moment in the theaters, I was like, they wouldn't do that, would they? Kind of well, like... 
I kid you not, I was about to walk out of the feeder when it happened. No. So, like, <laughs> I thought that way, too. I was like, no way. You wouldn't dare do that to us. You wouldn't dare kill off the most beloved, like, one of, if not the most beloved character slash, like, cosplayed character in Star Wars. Yeah. Like, you wouldn't dare. And, okay, they didn't. And, like, in the theater, there was, like, a sigh of relief from the audience (laughs) because I felt like everybody was feeling that way. But the shock, it kind of works, but it kind of doesn't. And so I do understand that that is uh, something that could have been handled a little better or just not happened at all, you know? Yeah, I saw someone say, like, one time is cool. Mm -hmm. Two times is frustrating. Three times is just unexcusable. Mm. Four times is comical. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And I will say that um, you said that the other fake out death was C-3PO. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if I would necessarily, like, personally, me classify him as a fake out death. But I do agree that it was kind of this thing thrown in for comedy. And I honestly forgot until I went back and rewatched it the other day. Oh, yeah, same. <laughs> I totally forgot it was a thing. I was just like, oh, shoot, he forgot his memory. I forgot this happened. Did I dislike it? Not entirely. I still I still was on board with it. I still was like, all right, this is what happened now. Cool. Um, both Kylo and Ray's death, fake out death, I should say, I guess Ray kind of more died in comparison yeah. to... Kylo since he was still breathing but how Kylo was redeemed through his death and it was like symbolic in terms of Kylo Ren died <coughs> and Ben Solo came back Yep, I do like it that one was my favorite like I love that again Kylo Ren is the best character in this sequel trilogy it was so cool. And I actually thought they were going to kill him off and then Ray would just go fight with Palpatine. Yeah. So I'm happy what they did with it. With Ray kind of just randomly dying and then Ben just bringing her back to life and then kissing her and then dying, it felt a little, it felt a little <laughs> off. It felt a little off. It was a little questionable. And I was like, um, okay. But I've, I've gone behind it. I, I, I get what they were going for. Um, I think that Kylo could have just died instead of returning the favor. But at the same time, I get what they were trying to do. And I actually, at the end of the day, enjoy it. Yeah. Um, well, we could probably debate these all day. Absolutely. But um, I think we got to probably wrap up here. You can, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube. Uh, Links will be down in either the description on YouTube or the show notes on Apple Podcasts. From Jared and I, have a great day and God bless.